You're listening to The Devoted Podcast, where our desire is to be women devoted to the Word of God. We're so glad you're here, and we pray you'll be challenged and encouraged as we look to God's Word together. Hey guys, welcome back to The Devoted Podcast. Today we're going to jump in on a little conversation that I got to sit down with who a mentor of mine, a friend, someone I consider one of the tightest two women in my life for sure, Patty Abrigio. And Patty came along and helped me with the Psalm 119 study that we just did this last fall. And I just couldn't not let you guys hear from her a little bit. It was our intention to have her be a part of the final teaching that we did actually with the Psalm 119 study. But because of uh, lockdowns here in Oregon and different things that we had to do, we were not able to have that one. But like I said, I just couldn't have you guys not hear from this dear woman. I don't know if you guys have had the blessing and the opportunity to just have some women that are older in the ways of the Lord, just godly women that will say a hard word to you if you need it, but are just so kind and so faithful to pray for you. That That is certainly how I would describe Patty. And I just pray that you guys maybe could have some people like that in your life as well. But I know not everybody does have that. And so I know this is no substitute, but at the same time, I hope it gives you a little bit of a, just a peek into what it can feel like to sit down with a woman that is just wise in the ways of the Lord. So I'm so thankful for Patty, and I hope you guys enjoy this conversation that we have on Psalm 119. Well, thank you, Patty, for joining me on this. I am here with Patty Arugio, and I'm going to let her say hello here. And you guys, I, I've i known this wonderful woman. How long have I known you? Oh, my goodness. It's well since Evan was three. Since my oldest was three years old. Patty was my kid's preschool teacher, but so much more than a preschool teacher because Patty's almost just her mission has always been to, yep, teach those little kiddos and help grow them in the ways of the Lord, but to come alongside the mamas that are there. And so I had participated in Bible studies and just walked alongside Patty, or rather she was walking alongside me often, just guiding and helping me through some things. So Patty, why don't you give us a little bit of your family background just so people know who you are, and then we're going to talk about Psalm 118 in just a second. Okay. Well, I'm married to my husband, Butch. We've been married for 45 years. We have four children, three girls and a boy, and six grandchildren. And we're very blessed because our oldest daughter, her and her husband live across the street from us, and our youngest son lives down the street from us, and he has three of our grandchildren. So it's a huge blessing. In fact, right now I'm homeschooling their oldest for kindergarten. That's <laughs> and, amazing. And I'm doing preschool with him and his younger brother, who's three, and my sister's grandson, who's three. So I'm kind. we had turned our preschool back into a family room, and now it's half family room, half preschool again. Oh, that is a perfect mix. Well, I had asked Patty to come alongside and help me with the Psalm 119 Bible study that we just finished up a couple months back. It was called Way of the Word. We did it at Athey Women. And it was interesting even coming to, well, what, when you're, when you're thinking about a study and what are you going to study and what, uh, the, you know, the Bible is a vast book. Where are you going to begin? But our focus at Athey Women is devoted to, women devoted to the Word of God. And 
Psalm 119, there is no better place to start and really find ways to incorporate through your entire life than Psalm 119 on all the things of the Word. But where it first started for me was back, goodness, probably over 10 years ago when I was sitting down with Patty and through kind of a rough patch for me. I was really having a rough time. And Patty had been praying about what the Lord would have for her to walk me through. And I remember coming into her, like she said, she had this downstairs area that was all a little preschool room with her little tiny preschool chairs. And I remember coming in and sitting in my little preschool chair, and she sat right next to me in a little preschool chair. And she said, you know, I just feel like the Lord would have us look at Psalm 119 together. And I had always liked Psalm 119. I Just something drew me to that book. And I think through the study, I think we even found more of what that's like. But just it was kind of an interesting. It's not one that I would have thought like, oh, when you're going through a rough patch, let's look at Psalm 119, you know? But oh, how the Lord used it. And the Lord used it in great ways back then and then sort of planted the seed of the importance of what the Word's going to be, Amy. This is what the importance is going to be in your life. This is what the Word, the importance it needs to be in the lives of women. And so we had uh, just did that study then, and that those seeds were sort of planted. And then I had uh, couldn't think of anybody else that would be better suited to help me write some of the study questions and all the things that went into the study guide than Patty. So, Patty, maybe talk a little bit about the actual doing, working on the study guide with me, the the process of that, because that was something. But then I also want to just talk about what it was like for us going through the, with the groups too. Okay. Well, first of all, one of the reasons why I've always loved Psalm 119 personally is because for me, in my life, whenever I face a tough situation, I always ask myself, what's my part? What am I supposed to do? And as I read through God's Word, and I purposed to read through the entire Bible, that's when I found love with Psalm 119, because it opened my eyes to, these are the things the Lord does for me. Because so many times it'll say, teach me, it'll say, strengthen me, it'll say, guide me, instruct me, all those things. I felt like, oh, I don't have to do those things. The Lord does those things when I totally seek Him with my whole heart and I ask Him, what's my part? And He will be the one to teach, instruct, and guide, and strengthen me. And that is one of the reasons why I found love with Psalm 119. So when you asked me to help you, I was very excited because I thought, oh, I love this psalm. I love—I just felt like it's one psalm that can draw women closer to the Lord. And, th- and that was what I had wanted. So when you asked me at first, I thought, okay, this will be fun. This will be a challenge. And it did become a challenge because there were many times when I would go to my computer and I would start reading the different sections that you had told me how it was going to break up into different weeks. And I would just think, okay, what can we pull from this? And there were times I was on my knees for a very long time asking the Lord, what would you have us teach the women? How can we draw them closer to you? So that became my routine in helping you with the study. And the thing that I love the most is that you and I are very like-minded. So it was easy to work with you because as I would do a question and you would do a question, they didn't contradict one another. If anything, they were they flowed very well. And I was really excited about helping you with that, Amy. 
It was it's so interesting because we would often be writing questions at the same time. And then even when we were doing the study, Patty and I talked about throughout these last couple months how sometimes we didn't know whose questions was was whose. So she would go, oh, I, I, I just thought that I, that was a great question and I d- didn't know where it came from. And she looked back. It was one of her questions. But because the way that it sort of worked, we did work. It, our thought process seemed to be very similar in that. But I think one of the things that I loved and I heard from so many of you guys that participated in the study was there is something about just the word of God. We know it never returns void. And as you read Psalm 119 and and you see these short little phrases sometimes, but also these commands in there of whether it's teach me or it's commanding us to even delight in the word of God, which can seem like, how can you tell me to delight? But once you spend some time in it, you do find this natural delight for the word that you didn't have before. And that's just the word of God. It's just so amazing to me how that works together. I heard from so many gals that maybe had not experienced that quite like that before, just from spending some time in a really big book on some themes that might seem repetitive and yet they would show nuance. So maybe you can pull out a couple themes that maybe popped up in your group or on one of the weeks that you really loved that we could talk about with the that happened with the groups. Well, one of the things I really loved in there was when the psalmist was seeking the Lord with all his heart. And you'd even talked about that that one night and the gals just took away so much from what you taught. And that was great for me because then that gave us great conversation when we got together as a group. And my group was kind of large, but it was wonderful to see the women wanting to be have that same desire that the psalmist had. And you kind of gave them some instructions of how to get to that place, how to literally fall in love with God's word. And that's what they wanted in the beginning of the study. As we went through the study, I started to see that happen with the gals. And the thing that I loved was that because it was during COVID and a tough time when there was a lot of anxiety and loneliness, this psalm spoke to their hearts. And they felt like the psalmist understood what they were going through. And especially like when we talked about affliction and what that looks like. And that was, to me, something I don't really like to talk about. It wasn't something I would have chosen, but I realized after you taught on it, and then that's where we kind of went with our time together, that was something very much needed. And I realized how many women are going through a very lonely period right now with COVID and the restrictions that we're under. And it really touched my heart. You know, it made me realize that I'm a kind of person that I don't suffer from a lot of those things. And so it's, I have a harder time relating. So I had to pray a lot. But once the Lord brought me to that place of true understanding, I realized that it's very real and it is difficult. And women need to be in the word. They need to have their focus on the Lord. They need to know like you said, even his commands, because those are the things that will strengthen you when you're going through a difficult time. Those are the things that will force you to realize that they're not alone, 
that the Lord is always with them and that they can go to him and they can go to his word and they can get that strength that they need. And that was one of the things that I got to witness in our time together as the women started to lighten up a little because Psalm 119 was speaking to their hearts and they felt that the psalmist understood what they were going through. And that's such an amazing thing about the word. You know, sometimes if we've been if you've been a Christian for a really long time, sometimes you can glaze over some of these words and and not let them really take root. And it, that was what would hit my heart when I was talking on the wholehearted week because it is it's it's a word that you see often in scripture, but it sounds like we don't go around town talking about being wholehearted all the time. But that undivided nature, I think, is is something that not only is the Lord asking us to have, but he gives us great reward from having that look at what it is. But it, it does take some effort, I suppose, on ours, not from a workspace place, but from an effort of setting aside the things that want to divide our hearts towards other things and focusing on his commandments, his statutes. It's, you know, all there were so many words for the word. And I enjoyed, I think, looking at those. I wish I was more of a scholar in that way to understand all the nuances of each of those words, because I really think it's rich that all the layers in there. But having said that, I also love that you don't have to be a scholar and understand Hebrew to get so much out of each of those words. That's right. And that was fun for me, too, to see the ladies get to the place where they realized that scripture is what they needed in their lives. And then to see them come to the place of wanting to memorize scripture, to me, that was the ultimate. And because I know in my life, whenever something comes up, my first thought is, okay, Lord, what do you want me to learn in this? Or what am I to do here? And a scripture will come to mind. If you don't have those scriptures, if you haven't purposed to memorize them, you're going to lose the beauty of that tool that can get you through that difficult time. And so to me, that's why scripture is to me is so very important, not only for my life, for, but for my family, for my husband, for my children, for my grandchildren. If anything I want to teach them, it's what's better than to share God's word with them. You know, like you said, it doesn't return void. I thought, I, I can't remember which old, you know, probably an 18th century pastor that I quoted, but talking about how with his kids, he would do a one verse of Psalm 119 every day. And then after you'd, I believe he'd gotten through the year, you would have been through Psalm 119 twice, you know? And, you know, he did that for his kids. But that's kind of a cool tip, I think. That's crossed my mind more than once of like, oh, could I just write out a uh, one verse of Psalm 119 and have that right on my post-it note each day, you know, that I'm having one of those? Because for me personally, I think Psalm 119 has always been such a grounding psalm. And I think part of it is because you're just constantly reminded over and over about the goodness of the Lord, the consistency of the Lord, the, just the unchanging steadfastness of the Lord. And like you were saying, particularly for us in this season of huh, crazy change, of things that are always, seems like we're going one way one day and the next day something changes totally. I mean, it's just been one of those seasons. But should we expect necessarily that that's going to ever change? I mean, that's life. So while maybe there's been a bit more of it lately, it's life. And I love the grounding piece of staying in Psalm 119, loving that it's in the middle of our Bibles. How cool is that? I know. You know? I agree. <laughs> I particularly like Psalm 
119.32-37, and it says, I run in the path of your commands, for you have set my heart free. Teach me, O Lord, to follow your decrees, then I will keep them to the end. Give me understanding, and I will keep your law. Direct me in the path of your commands, for there I find delight. Turn my heart toward your statues and not toward selfish gain. Turn my eyes away from worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word. I just think that's so powerful. And I have prayed that over different family members because it's true surrender to the Lord. It's almost like the psalmist is coming to the Lord on his knees completely let go of himself and is wanting the Lord to fill him with things of the Lord. And I love that if you look at all of those, the first part on 32, he sets his heart free. There's one big thing, I think. And then after that, it's teach me to follow your decrees. Give me understanding. Direct me in the path of your commands. Turn my heart toward your statues and not toward selfish gain. Turn my eyes away from worthless things and preserve my life according to your words. It's all these things the Lord, he's asking the Lord to do for him. And the Lord will do that for each one of us. You know, I think sometimes we forget how much the Lord loves us and how he wants to do these things for us. Sometimes we think we have to be the one to take care of business and to be presentable to the Lord when all we need to do is come as a clean slate and let Him be the one to fill us. That is so true. And I think sometimes, you know, that part about us saying that, oh, this is something I have to do. It's not honestly, usually not something we say out loud. It's usually something we think. And then what I think is really great about being in a small group of women is it gives you an opportunity to maybe vocalize some of those things of saying, yeah, I feel like I need to do fill in the blank. And then realizing that actually Psalm 119 is saying, no, the Lord is the one that's going to do that. When you say it out loud, you go, oh, you know what? That's right. That isn't different. But so much lives in our minds. And there are so many things that thoughts that need to be taken captive that if we don't put ourselves in a situation, sometimes maybe even I would say accountability with those gals of, of even saying what you're reading and, and almost having that moment of confession of, huh, this is rubbing me in a way that I feel like I am taking these things on myself and not really surrendering these to the Lord. It's sort of that next step. I've told Patty knows this about me, but I am a classic introvert that sort of like runs away from any type of groups in general, which if you're listening to this, that's pretty ironic that I'm now, you know, <laughs> leading women's ministry. But that's just to tell you that the Lord can truly do whatever it is that He wants. But what I find is that, and that's what want this doing this study this way, and we having those small groups. Some of the gals had small groups here in the building here in person. We had lots of virtual um, groups where people could meet virtually in a way that they felt comfortable doing. We had others that were literally in like Michigan and Alaska and different places where they, they put together these groups. And it just, it blessed my heart because I realized that that's hard for me to do. And I think that's hard for a lot of women to do. But when you do that, when you are obedient to kind of putting yourself out there just a little bit, moments for this type of confession with the Lord of going, oh, I am taking this on myself and not really giving this to the Lord. Oh, I just think that there's so much that, so much traction that is made and 
progress, really, with your love for the word? And you know, the thing, I've thought about this a lot, and I even talked to my group about it. And one of the things that, with all my heart, with all the love of my heart, I want to say to women, is that it's not about you. And that sounds harsh, especially when people are going through a difficult time and they feel lonely or are going through maybe marital problems or whatever, and they feel like, how could this be happening to me? But it's not about you. It's all about the Lord and what He can do in you. And when you truly give it to the Lord and you allow Him to fill you, then you can face things with a different outlook and you can see good and a difficult time. The Lord allows that. And the Lord can use anybody. Like you said, Amy, I know how shy you were and how the last thing you wanted to do was talk in front of people. And I look at you now and all I see is how good the Lord is, how good is God and how he's using you and you have been obedient. And that's everything. You know, that's what we're called to do. We're called to be obedient. And I've told this to ladies because I think it's such a good quote. Um, God loves all of his creation as his created ones. He loves believers as his children, but he loves obedient ones as his intimate ones. And when I heard that years and years ago, I remember thinking, I want to be intimate with the Lord. I want to be have that kind of relationship. So it made me realize if that's what I want, I need to be obedient. And how can you be obedient if you don't know God's word? It goes back to what's my part? Well, I need to read his word to know what my part is. And that has been the biggest blessing in my life was having that desire and purposing to want to be obedient. And the obedience, it's so funny to me because I do think that is, there's people far smarter than me that can expound on this, but obedience has got to be in that first step. Obedience is in that first piece, even in as we submit to the gospel itself and being obedient to confessing our sins and accepting what Jesus did for us, as opposed to, you know, trying to take on all of these things that we need to do this up. But there's always an element of obedience. And I think as a mom, this is something that if you have kids, you have such an opportunity to start teaching that at the very earliest moment possible. I mean, the earliest. That is just going to be something that will never not reap giant rewards in their life. And like Patty said, there's just a lot of things that I never thought I would do. But I feel like the pieces that have made it more simple is being obedient to the Lord because it's not me that needs to do all this stuff. You just need to do what the Lord asks you to do. So that sounds like a very Christian thing right? Just do what the Lord is, uh, wants you to do, obey the Lord. But it, it starts even sometimes for us saying obeying and committing to spending time with the Lord. For some gals, this Psalm 119 study was the first time they had ever done a Bible study at all. And, and so, several that it was the first they'd ever done here at Athey. And boy, that's a first step in obedience sometimes is just committing to, Lord, I want to make your word a priority. And so much good comes from that. And when you have that attitude, God draws you closer to himself. And then that attitude turns into a desire. And then that desire turns into a purposeful life. Yeah. And that, to me, it just doesn't get any better than that. 
and you get that theme that you do see throughout 119 where often he does say delight and he uses words that are like happy and that you'll be blessed it's sort of like it, it, you th- that's almost the punchline you know you need to there's so many things that happen in the word before sometimes that you get to that delight piece but once you have been in there and the more time you spend there that is where it ends up that's where that road leads and it's like and even like you were saying in the commandments themselves and when it, it all the verses that talk about lead me in the paths and telling you to uh take away things that are worthless to your eyes. And, you know, so there is some taking away of things that you might want to do. But the simplicity of just following and the leading and the guiding of the word is so freeing. Well, one of the ones I loved, and I prayed for Jake when he was growing up, and then I wrote it out for him when he turned 20, starts with verse 9, where it says, how can a young man keep his way pure? And then it says, I've hidden your word in my heart. This was, well, like we were talking earlier when Jake was in college, and this was something I prayed all the time while he was in college, and I'd put his name in it. And, you know, you just said something about the, the writing those things in your script, in the scriptures, in your own Bible. I always encourage gals to do this. And some don't like to do that and they don't like to write in their Bible. And I totally respect that. But if that's you, then I recommend you find something, whether you print off a copy of maybe a passage you're studying or, you know, with the Psalm 119, we had a little booklet that had 119 in it. But you, when you engage with, like when you write and you actually put, pen to paper and you write those names that you're praying for side by side. I had a a really nerdy good time for some reason with this study doing things like circling the things that the Lord does for us in one color and then the things that he's asking us to do, maybe underlining that in a separate color. I don't know. There was something about looking at it that way. You do start seeing all the things that the Lord is doing, but then it does highlight, hey, he's asking you to be faithful in some things. But usually it's the stuff that it's the obedience part. And you do that and he fills that in. But I love, I loved the Bible marking part. And I and I have lots of places in my Psalm 119 where I do have it as a prayer to someone, or maybe it is just writing it out too. And I think that's really powerful as well. Well, I always encourage women to write in their Bibles and if they're praying for somebody to put their name down in the date. And then like look at this, this years later, this is two thousand and four, and here we are at two twenty, and I can look back and it brings back that wonderful memory of praying over my son. But um, yeah, I think that that is key. Make your Bible, I mean, look at mine. It's, yeah, make your Bible your, it's God's love letter to you. I feel like when I write back and I write in it, I'm writing back to him. And it's, for me, it's just so, such an encouragement to be able to go back and read somebody's name or uh, sometimes I'll even list what they're going through and to see where they've come, it's just, and I like having it in my Bible. I'm not a real journal person. I have a couple, but I'm not really big on that. But I do, I'm in my Bible every day, so I might as well write it right That's right, there. that's right. Well, and I want to go back a second to, we were talking about the week we did on affliction. And it was, like you said, not the one anybody wants to do, right? And everyone's like, well, that's not a very fun and encouraging thing to talk about. But I know you were saying in your group how that was a really, because so many people are just sitting in that time right now of a little bit of affliction. If they didn't know it before, they have far more 
touch points with it now and to see how often affliction does come up in Psalm 119 and the encouragement that the psalmist is giving us through the word about affliction. What do you think were some of the things that you just felt in your group that the Lord just really used through 119 to resonate with those gals? Just the reinforcement that Psalm 119 gives us of God's faithfulness and how God is there and wants to help us, wants to teach us, wants to guide us. And he's our counselor. A couple of the gals in my group even came to the, you know, shared that they typically didn't go to the Lord when it came to difficult times, when they were struggling with affliction. They would go to a friend or to a, a mom or whatever. But this made them realize that God is there for you, especially in your affliction. And that to me was, that's kind of like what I wanted ladies to realize as they were going through Psalm 119, just how much God loves you and how he's there for you. But the way I try to explain it to him is that, you know, God has given us his word and it's kind of like our instruction manual for life. And so when we pray, we're talking to God and we're putting our, our requests before him and we're seeking him. But when we read his word, he's talking to us. And any personal intimate relationship has to be, as anybody knows, if you want to have a personal, it's communication. It's not all one way. It's not all your prayers. Okay, Lord, this is what I want for the day. Please cover it. Boom. And you're off on your way. It's prayer of seeking him and putting out your prayer requests, but also asking him to fill you for that day. What He knows what that day is going to bring. We don't. And then reading your Bible. And every time you do it in that way with a sincere heart and truly seeking him, God speaks to you. It's happened for me every single time. And sometimes I'm in awe and I just brings tears to my eyes because I think, Wow, he knew exactly what I needed to hear, and he just shared it with me in his word. So that's one of the things that I saw the ladies starting to, it started to open their eyes and their hearts to God being their comforter, God being their counselor, and not trying to figure things out on their own or going to other people. And we're not great at that. You know, we we do as just as women in general, we're a little more chatty and we do have either that friend or that family member or something that we just want to tell them all the things. And and not that all the time that that's wrong, but the order is sometimes what we get wrong, you know, and and not going to the Lord first, which is ironic because we know like if when we say it out loud and it makes sense that the Lord's the only one that actually can intervene in those situations, can actually do anything to change it. 99.9% of the time, the telling your friend or you're telling your mom or your aunt or whatever, it might make you feel better in the moment, but it's probably not going to change anything about the situation. But yet, we often go to our counselors of the world and not to the Lord first. And what's the beauty of being able to go to the Lord first is that God changes hearts. Well, sometimes He changes our heart. And the thing that we thought was so awful and that we needed to share with somebody, God will put it on your heart that let it go. And I was telling the ladies in my group, sometimes the hardest thing for me when I hear from the Lord is just to cover my mouth and not to say anything. And I, I've learned that in my walk with the Lord. And it has been a huge blessing because I find when I do that, then it's like, okay, Lord, it's you and me. You know what's going on in my life. You know better than anybody. You know how I feel. And so it's you and me, Lord, and I'll just tell you. 
Yeah. And I think maybe that's even a, a good word for if you're the friend on the recipient end of the conversation, be the godly counsel of, you know, be the godly woman that will turn that friend back to the word and back to the Lord as well. And not always be so willing to, you know, give all your opinions, which usually most of us are have no shortage of, but to, uh, to say, ask them, hey, have you prayed about this? What do you I, think the I've Lord is asking that. you? Yeah. I've done that when a younger, I've had my preschool for 27 years. And so over the years, I've had different women that I've mentored. And I remember when a couple of times I've had a gal call me and say, I, I just need to talk to you. I just need to tell you what happened. And I'd let him kind of talk and I'd say, wait a minute, have you brought this to the Lord? Have you been on your knees before the Lord and talked to him about this? Well, no, I'll do that later. I'd say, no, that needs to happen first. So why don't you go ahead and go do that? And then we'll talk. <laughs> oh, Patty, I love that. And that's one of the reasons, just even in that statement that you just heard Patty say right there, that I desire so much to not only maintain being in relationship with people like Patty, but also because I want women out you all out in devoted podcast world to hear the voice of godly women who will be willing to tell you something like that. Receive that when you get it. Be willing to be one of those women that will even give that from a place of humility and not trying to put your friend or anybody in their place or anything, but lovingly directing them. Because we do understand from Psalm 119 and all other kinds of places in Scripture that it's the Lord that is in charge of all of these things. And it just brings us back to really the comfort that we get that we sit in in our relationship with the Lord. But you, if you fight against that and you, you know, barrel through on your own, you won't have the delight of the word, you won't have comfort, you won't have counsel. I do have a question for you though. Do you have thoughts on the very last verse of Psalm 119? I don't know why. I loved it that he comes back to reminding us of really our humanity and that we're sheep. But in some ways, it felt different than a lot of the other passages. Do you have a take on the very last verse? Well, you know, it's interesting you would say that because when I read the last verse, Psalm 23 came to mind because uh, the Lord is our shepherd. And when he says that he's a lost sheep, when he has strayed, and I don't think it's like his, he's talking about the moment. And we all go through that where we stray, where something gets the better of us and we don't act the way that we would really want to. I love that he says, seek your servant because he's giving it to the Lord. He's saying, I have strayed because we're all sinners and we all will, as much as we don't want to, we will all have that time where we will sin. But we, he wants immediately for the Lord to be the one that seeks him, knowing that God will kind of straighten him out, you know? Yeah. And and then he says, for I have not forgotten your commands, meaning that he knows what's expected of him. He knows what his life is to look like, how he's to purpose, how he reacts and behaves and does whatever. But I love that he is giving it to the Lord. I think the other thing that I loved about that ending, and of course, we know all scripture is written by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and these are the Lord's words. And I feel like that end because it did remind me of Psalm 23 too. And it also reminded me of John and the Good Shepherd. And I thought, how great that we've spent 176 verses all of this time in Psalm 119 talking about the word. And really the thing that the last taste of what it leaves you with at the end is kind of a picture of Jesus. 
And it lets you go into all the other places in Scripture where you see that really great picture of who Jesus is as our shepherd to the sheep. And I like it, too, because it makes me think of in Psalm 23, where it says, keep me on your path of righteousness for your namesake. It, too, makes me think of Jesus. Yeah. I love that we can study something in the Old Testament that leaves you with that picture of, of who Jesus is and that he is our good shepherd. Oh, yes. Yes. I love that. Me too. Let's just go to uh, maybe one other section here in closing, Patty, on verse 129, where you are going to read a few passages there. Yes. I love that it says, your statues are wonderful, therefore I obey them. And it's kind of what we were talking about with obedience. The unfolding of your words give light. It gives understanding to the simple. I love that because I'm a simple person. Yeah, I really am. And I love that God's words speaks to me just like it speaks to the most intelligent person out there. And it says, I open my mouth and pant, longing for your commands. Do you long for God's commands? You know, and I like that picture of opening the mouth and panting because I think of a person just lifting their head and just allowing God's word to come into them, you know. And it says, turn to me and have mercy on me as you always do to those who love your name. And there, there's the faithfulness. Direct my footsteps according to your word. Let no sin rule over me. And it makes me think of in Genesis when um, the whole thing with Cain and Abel, and God says to Cain, he says, why are you downcast? And he knows what's going on. And he said, sin is crouching at your door. You must master it. And that always spoke to me because I thought sin is always there. And God says we must master that. How do we master sin? And the only way I know is to be in God's word. So, yeah, I like those verses as well. One of the amazing things about Psalm 119, I think, is that it's for every season. It's not necessarily a... um, something you need just in your 30s or just when you're in high school or just when you're an empty nester. There is a timeless nature of all of the word. But the 119, because it just expounds so perfectly on really what its role is, you know, and gives us such great pictures of what uh, I think that longing that he wants us to have for his word and the delight he wants us to have. I don't think we're ever going to get old. I think we could do this Psalm 119 study all over again. And I think the Lord would show us all new, all amazing new things. It could have totally different um, facets to it that the Lord would highlight. I agree. And that's just such an amazing thing. Because there's so much. Yeah. Yes. And that was another hard part when we did the workbook. Yep. It was. It was. Which verse do we choose? Yeah. Well, if you have not had a chance to do the Psalm 119 study, I recommend that you get on the Athe Women website and go to the gear page and you can still get the workbook and the scripture booklet that comes with it. We also include for you guys, when you get your book, it's going to have like a little bookmark that has a QR code. And you can scan that with your phone, and then that will take you straight to the teachings that we did that are there on the Athe Women uh, YouTube channel. So you're able to watch those. You can do the study by yourself. You can do it with your sister. You can do it with a group of women. I think Patty and I are a little, um, we're a little prone to trying to encourage you guys to do it with a group and understand that that's 
way uncomfortable for me. So I know what I'm asking when I when I suggest that. But Patty, I cannot thank you enough for um, doing this study and really planting the seeds and allowing the Lord to use you so powerfully even 10 years ago to just watch this all come through. It's, oh, it's really been a good process. My so, pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to The Devoted Podcast. We are a ministry of Athey Creek Christian Fellowship in West Lynn, Oregon. For more resources, or if you need prayer or encouragement, send us an email at devotedpodcast at atheycreek.com.